the volume. What's up, everybody? Alex Monaco here. Thank you for watching the Moneyline Monaco podcast on the Volume Sports YouTube channel. We are live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, wherever you get your pods. We are on Amazon Amp streaming Monday through Friday, making picks, making bets. It's us first, though, books. I'm trying to win with you. So come follow me at Moneyline Monaco. Let's win together. Here we go. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while I'm recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at Moneyline Monaco to get notified when I go live. And we're back. Another Moneyline Monaco episode. Fired up to be with you. We are live on AMP Volume Sports YouTube channel, wherever you get your pods. Alex Monaco here. Getting in the summer flow. Little vitamin D, shave the face for judgment day. This is it on some level. And again, I've been on the wrong side this series. Not much to say other than I've been wrong. And again, I was right most of these playoffs to get to a spot where I was wrong. And there's nothing worse than being wrong at the end. Because if you are wrong at the end, you have to sit in the offseason on an L. But I'm going to lean on everything Spolstra said in his post-Game 4 press conference. I read it to you over the weekend on the Herd Pod. To paraphrase, the Miami Heat have done everything difficult. They've done it the hard way, every sense of the word. Up 3-0, got to go all the way to a 7 to dance to close out. We've seen it, even in... The playing against Chicago. Chicago had Miami on the ropes. So say what you will about Miami. I said it over the week. I'm going to repeat some of what I said because, again, a couple sleeps later, outside of a fresh face, looking late 20s again, how we doing? I have to lean on what Miami has done to get here. They've yet to play a good game in the series. They had a prolific game two fourth quarter. If we're talking basketball straight, forget the narratives, forget basketball runs, quarter to quarter, game to game, 12-minute increments, Miami has played one superb quarter in 16 chances. The series on paper is absolutely cooked. It's as cooked as I am in the summer with no SPF 50. It's over. But again, I'm not waving the white flag in that sense of the word. We've seen a Denver team embrace a challenge, embrace their coach calling them out after game two for lack of effort. They go to Miami. I know a lot of people. Denver was already set to party in Miami before the game. I still bet Miami. This team, I don't want to say they're bulletproof, but just to rehash what happened in game two and game three, excuse me, game three and game four, on the road, where Miami comes back to base camp with momentum. Let's not forget, everyone who had swallowed Nuggets minus one and a half on a series spread was petrified. You get 
two 30-point ice cube triple-doubles from Jamal and Jokic. You get less than 25 points of production from KCP, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon. And the Nuggets win by double digits. So it's debilitating, but you have to remind yourself after that game, the Heat's five starters matched in points, Jokic and Murray, and Jokic and Murray outboarded, outassisted the starting five for Miami in game three. Then you get to game four, and if I'm telling you out loud again, but a completely different game script, Jokic and Murray, let me just double check here, are going to combine for less than 50, which I believe they did. You'd say to yourself, on the road, a team that did not go over 500 would probably lose that game. They didn't lose that game. Aaron Gordon goes for 27, like he's on the Orlando Magic, off of Paulo Bancaro, rookie campaign. And then you get 21 from Bruce Brown. Debilitating isn't a word I can even use to say how unbelievably infuriating and just suck the life out of Miami Heat betters game four. Because game three, you're going to have your best two players beat you. Okay. Your best two players did something no two set had ever done in NBA history. They do it on the NBA final stage on the road. You wave the white flag. But Friday night's effort, and it's incredibly incredibly frustrating because I spoke on this as well. The only way Miami was going to win this series, stay in this series, shock the world was experience, championship pedigree, and leaning on the guys that had a little more to their resume than the guys on the other bench. And you saw it in game four. Lowry, who's damn near 40, is dropping 13-7-3. Then Kevin Love gives you, I believe he had 10 straight points on Friday night. Literally in that third quarter when the Nuggets were humming, he was the only man, a guy with George Clooney hair color, keeping you in the game. So I would, if I saw Max Struess in public, I'd snub him. I'd give him the Cosmo snub. But this is what it is. What am I asking? I'm asking people... And, and, and it's symbolic. You could call, I'll pick out a New Jersey Devils goalie, Schmidt, who shocked the world, cooked the Rangers in a series, went to the next one, fell on his face because he had under 30 games to his name. You see it in football, in different spurts. You see it in baseball. Teams get hot, go cold. It's Miami Heat team. I think it's a combination of them not playing great basketball. I think the Celtics game four, five, and six really put the kibosh on any serious legs. Now, this is where I sit on my 10 years of daily meditation and don't understand how you can be physically allowing yourself in June, knowing you have a whole Larry David summer to lamp. You're, you're, you're mailing it in. This is why I will always study the greats and try to learn from the greats. I talked to you guys about body language. The body language for Miami is cooked. I mean, it's like Jimmy Butler's counting his big face coffee ROI from this playoff run. Dude, say what you mean. 
None of it matters. None of it. In that locker room, they don't care about an Eastern Conference Finals banner. So it's a gut check moment. And then just the psychology of game five, the pressure is now on Denver. The series is virtually over. Everybody is calling them done. Outside of LeBron James coming through that Heatles locker room, which it ain't happening, no one's ever done 3-1 in this spot. So history is against them, on papers against them. You're getting a full display in slow, different versions of a great team beating you. And this is a great team because, again, I'm not going to sit here and try to lose more money. And if you tailed me, yeah, I got Jewish Catholic guilt. I don't feel great about it, but we did win a lot last series. So that's all we can do is manage our units, manage our emotions and call out what we call out. But for tonight, I absolutely lean with the points. Now I'm sprinkling on Miami money line because to bury a team three games in a row, like Miami who hadn't even lost back to back in the playoffs since or until rather that Boston Celtics series I have to lean one more time because it's three to one, depending where you shop. You can get plus 300, 25 to win 75, 50 to win 150, 100 to win 300. Or, and I got it at plus nine, it's down eight and a half. You can take the, the number. Now, I do these breakdowns on my show a lot. The bet percentage and the overall money. So how many tickets Versus how many percentage of the money? For example, you have 80% of the tickets on the Nuggets, or I'll I'll give you a fake example. You have 80% of the public betting one side, hypothetically speaking. Lakers plus two and a half. You have 80% though of the money on Denver minus two and a half. So if you're reading that, it's called a diagonal little analysis, if you will. If you're seeing diagonal numbers stick out on splits, meaning one side, the public betting a a particular against the spread angle and the other side is on the complete Costanza opposite. Again, Terry Benedict did not build Vegas off of the public winning. You might want to lean the other. Well, contrary to popular belief, the whole world is on Denver tonight and they're swallowing the eight and a half, nine. And You go down to the money line as well, and look, I got Action Network Pro. I got a couple other sites. We don't know how honest and truthful all these splits are, but at the moment, public money on Denver to close them out, sharp money at an almost 30% discrepancy on Miami. I just want to share that because we look at the data, we come back to base camp, we share our thoughts. This was not the case, by the way, in game three or game four. Smart bettors backed the Nuggets. Look, this is where I have to be better as a better. I'm highly emotional. I lean Italian at the book often. I fall in love. I fall in lust. I mean, you listen to my weekend pot. I'm damn near breaking up with Miami. Back on Bumble we go. But as far as the betting trends, this is still a team. And it's really the trend of the night. It's the trend of the night. When this team is a six and a half point favorite or more, six and a half point favorite or, excuse me, or, or less, they are, excuse me, or higher, or higher. 
eight and two against the spread this playoffs. So we have 10 examples of the Miami Heat getting beyond disrespected at the book. They've covered eight out of 10. So a combination of, look, Denver, 56-year Annie, never won the ring at home. You're, you're on second base for a celebration. Now, I find it insanely disrespectful. Denver was partying in Miami Friday night. Matter of fact, planned it before it happened. That is infuriating. That shows you how confident Denver is. All you can do if you're on Miami is use that as bulletin board material and Pacino any given Sunday motivation. But I look back at that game and 108.95 in and just almost a, a moment where you're looking and you're counting. And you're going one, two, three, four, five. Six Miami Heat players were in double figures on Friday night. Traditionally, that is enough of a team effort, especially if you're getting, you know, a couple guys in their 20s, bam, in buckets. No, it isn't. Not against Denver. They need eight. The Miami Heat need one of two things to happen tonight to win the game. They need Max Struess to get out of the G League and back in an NBA uniform. They need every bit of a Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Raptors, Cavs, NBA Finals, great role-playing, timely game. They got to do the little things. They got to, I saw Draymond break it down a little bit. Bam's got to press up, close, close out on these screens a little more, not just let Murray come off a Jokic screen and roam about the gosh damn Virgin Airlines cabin. All these things need to be correct. It's a lot to do on a travel day back to the Dumb and Dumber Aspen, Denver, wherever the hell, altitude. It's a lot to ask. So, again, could go on and on and on. I'm going to take the points because a wise man once said it's very difficult to cap desperation. And a wise man once said it's very difficult to bury a team, close them out at home, believe it or not, and do it in non-dramatic fashion. Miami has given us so much on this run. A lot of teams would fold. A lot of teams would mail it in. Now, we'll probably know. I want to say we'll know by halftime. After what I've seen, especially that 31-22 game three quarter. Oh, excuse me, game four, third quarter. Denver outscores you by nine. No, we'll know in the third quarter. But Spolster's got to pull out all the pitches. All right? Get on your Tim Wakefield. Take out a knuckleball. Give them everything. You want to go boxing one old school? Somebody cover Jokic, we make everyone else knock him down. I don't know. Pull something out. Otherwise, we're cooked. But I do see some props I like. We've had an excellent Amazon AMP chat. A couple of guys in the chat cooking. See what we like. Now, this could be a nice game from a live betting perspective as well. Miami gives their full-blown effort. You'd see a lot of sharp bettors probably play a Miami Heat first-half bet and then pedal back and stay off the game. A lot of people will probably do that tonight. You could take the 8.5, 9, sit back, maybe get a better number on Denver Moneyline. As far as the, the, the chat I got going right now, a lot of people think, or a couple people think that, you know, this is it. The Joker, and I, I had a little TikTok video that hummed, 
I said, no one's talking about this. I'm going to go video. Serbian sports is all the way up. The Joker, we cashed it, by the way. I picked eight sports in betting. We just only talked three. I picked the entire French Open. I had Iga, I had, I had Novak, and the doll goes down. You don't take the kid versus grown man strength. It's not rocket science. So Carlos Alcaraz gets absolutely cooked. Novak gets it done on the grand stage yesterday. He is now the most decorated champion in the history of tennis. His nickname is Joker. He is from Serbia, and now he has passed the baton to the other Joker, also from Serbia, ready to raise another trophy. It's a great time for Serbian sports, a wonderful country with incredible, incredible athletes. Small, small country, but bang for your buck, baby. Much love to Novak, soon to be Nikola. It's a likable team. Look, I'm, I'm playing a role here. It's a villain. It's a bane against everyone. I'm the only guy that's going to be wrong on two networks. I'm wrong on TV. I'm wrong on Colin Cowher's network. This is a humbling moment for me. Why? We had to get out of the city and 10-second Tommy. Let's get into some, some props here. I do believe Michael Porter Jr., who got completely called out, completely called out ahead of game four. Mikey Malone actually has been doing this like clockwork. He's been calling out players in his post-game press conferences or pre-game and sticking it to him. He literally said to the media, this man needs to be more aggressive. He needs to shoot the ball with confidence. We're not seeing either. Well, Michael Porter... Mizzou product, the guy who should be stepping up in the role that Aaron Gordon has played. Aaron Gordon's been the third best player on this Nuggets team in the series, not mentioned nearly enough. This guy averaged 14.3, Michael Porter Jr., shot about 41% from three in the first three rounds of the playoffs. My guy's completely fallen off, completely fallen off. But last game gets called out and What's encouraging, because I like him over on points tonight. He cooked us. I had a over 20 to 1 parlay, and I had him on rebounds. He was the only one that didn't cook for us. I'm off him on the boards. Watch him get 10 tonight. But three boards was was disgusting. But four of 10 with 11 points was not. Didn't hit a three-pointer. Guy has been unwatchable from the three-point land this series. Let me just triple check. He has three-pointers. Three three-pointers in four games. He hasn't hit a three-pointer since back in Denver in game two, where he was one of six, two of 11 to start the series. But we saw him get to the cup, get to the line. This is it. Michael Porter Jr., although a frail and smaller calves than me individual, can still insert his will. It's a soft NBA we play in. Literally, these guys are not getting... Barkley, McHale, Lambeer, Chokeslam when they go in the middle. They get nicked on the arm. They get a Siri off, flip of the, and all of a sudden they get a pen, aka a, a free throw. So I like Michael Porter tonight. Also, he's at home. He is a certified role player. He has not had a good game yet. You got to remind yourself he's a 14 points per game guy in this entire run. Hasn't had a good game since game one. Had an unbelievable game one at home. Not much more you're going to get value-wise on a Michael Porter. He's not, he's not going to drop below 10.5 points. Over 10.5 points, I absolutely love it on its own. I would put it in our SGP at 10+. Plus. And this is going to sound like a broken record. I'll go very quickly. I did this for splits, too, to double-check. 
Bam, top rebounder on the road for Miami, all playoffs, averaging on the road 9.4. He has only been adjusted one rebound that he cast last, last game again. Guy's given us three double-doubles out of four games. We're not. We're going to snub him on an all-out. Only thing we can bank on is effort-type game, and we're going to bail on Bam out of bio? No, we're not. So I'm putting Bam in on rebounds, and I'm expecting him to step up in a big way, period. I have to do it. Some of this is going to be repetitive from game four. The reality is, I mean, come on. I was four out of five for cashing us 20 to one. We we don't need to completely reshuffle the deck, unlike my Miami Heat win in the series prediction. But let's look at uh, Jamal Murray again. Jamal Murray, and I'm shocked that the books have done this. I, I, I don't even get it. Matter of fact, I saw something out there about Jokic leading and winning. He didn't get a delay 20 to one, something egregious for Jokic to lead and and end the NBA Finals in as the assist leader. Well, Murray has 42 assists in four games. Four games. Now, his rebounding dropped off tremendously from Game 3's triple-double to Game 4. He's not a rebounder by nature. He's not that Michael Porter-esque. This is a team, again, top three rebounder, top two rebounder in the league in Jokic. Porter's a good rebounder, and Aaron Gordon, when he wants to check in on both sides of the court, is a pretty pretty serviceable border, not, not for your standard four. But again, there's just no emphasis or onus on Murray to have any pressure to get boards. But this assist line is eight and a half again. It's plus 100. If we don't think, and I couldn't have been more wrong on Jamal Murray. I thought Jamal Murray was a little Canadian soft. Again, if you don't play hockey up there and you're not named Steve Nash, I don't know. I'm not friends with Drake. I don't know what goes on up there. Ryan Reynolds hasn't gone back in decades. I don't know. Everybody who makes it leaves. Jamal Murray did pain tolerance drills while everyone was watching Nick at night. Recess on a Saturday morning on ABC. This dude was putting teacups on his quads by way of his dad holding wall sits. And I thought this guy didn't have D.O.G., where Alex swung and didn't hit anything. So I bring that back to a, a position we have to take. We have to put Jamal Murray eight plus assists in our same game parlay. I would encourage you. I would encourage you to take him on a double-double. I do not know how you don't. I simply do not know how you pass at plus 165, at least on 10 plus assists. The man has been so lethal with the rock in his handoff pick and rolls. You can't stop. You can only hope to contain him, but this is what he's doing. He's making sage. It's almost like a, um, a quarterback on a PA rollout. He's just rolling out with a little bit of time off a screen. You're going to give a handoff to Derrick Henry. No, you're not. You're going to roll out and you got options. You can check down to your tight end. You can go on a little cross. You can go a little deep post. You can hit someone on a curl route, or you can run it yourself. These are the options that the Joker is giving Jamal Murray, and he is making excellent decisions. We got, we got to go over eight and a half. I just, again, I, I spoke this with the same conviction on the Michael Porter Jr. rebounds last game. This is not that. 
This dude has 42 assists in four games. I'm asking you to take two less than the normal quota. So for me, I, I just think at really eight plus, but if we want to hit it, or excuse me, 10 plus, but if we want to hit it eight plus, no brainer, no brainer. And I may go for it because Jamal Murray tonight may also go for it on a 10 plus assist. I'm going to look at the different juice here. So we're three legs in Porter to get 10 points. Not a lot to ask. Bam to get 10 boards. Not a lot to ask. Now, maybe we go 10 plus points here. I have a sneaky suspicion. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's put 10 assists in. We're going out in flames. I'm going to the opposite of Cancun. NBA players, when they get eliminated, go to Cancun. I go to the dollar store for a little ramen. But let's wrap it up with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, and again, Kyle Lowry is a guy, I, I want the group chat to tell me, I'm going to take Kyle Lowry or Gabe Vincent. One of them is going to hit their points quota. Gabe Vincent had nine points in two games after he cooked for 19 and 23 in Denver. He was the reason, as I told you, it's eight guys in double figures for Miami to beat this team at this point, or it's Gabe Vincent being a third guy giving you over 20. Do we go with the Villanova ageless wonder? And again, his number tonight, significantly lower and, and a much less stressful, appetizing, realistic 10 points. But then Gabe Vincent, as I triple check my stigmatism, is the same exact number. Kyle doesn't start. Gabe starts. Does anyone? I uh, We got one Kyle in the chat right now. I'm it's essentially the same value. We're going to get over 11 to 1 here, over 10 to 1 either way. If we take Gabe 10 plus or we take Kyle 10 plus. Here's my thing with Lowry. Lowry, he's done 11, 9, 9, and 13 in this series. So putting his number at 9.5 is a little, it's a little etch a sketch, just a, a baby amount. Whereas Gabe Vincent has cleared this number by double two times. I think Gabe Vincent either delivers in a huge way or he falls on his face. I kind of believe in Gabe Vincent tonight. I got to go him. And we're out of here on a, <laughs> my guy and Jack, this Robinson two plus threes. And look, this man hit a four legger. I, I might have forgot to retweet him. Took four of our, our group legs out of five and cashed. So you don't have to add all of these. You can like two of these, three of these, and put them in and mix and mingle your own drink. You don't have to drink the Monaco cocktail, baby. You do whatever you want at my house party. Birthday coming up. So Gabe Vincent, 10 plus points. Michael Porter, 10 plus points. Bam Adebayo, 10 plus rebounds. Jamal Murray, 10 plus assists. Is a beautiful little over 10 to 1. Now, if you want to add in what our guy just threw in, Duncan Robinson, two plus threes. And again, the guy has done this in all but one game. I would recommend it, but he's not up yet on FanDuel where I'm shopping. So I don't have an official line for you. Oddly enough, I'm sure he'll be on there any hour. But we're out of here. And the last thing I'll say is that the Miami Heat team tonight gets to play loose. 
They get to play in a way that I don't think they've really played minus maybe game four in the Boston series. They've had no luxury of free play. Play your own way, if you will. Not once in this entire run because they've been an eight seed having to prove, prove, prove. Now, this game goes one of two ways. Denver runs them out. It's a Mario Kart victory lap. We are cooked by halftime. Or Miami comes out. Ethos, pathos, logo, shocks. No one in their locker room, everyone outside their locker room, because nobody believes in them. And in betting, sometimes you have to do the difficult thing. I have been wrong. So everything I'm laying to you, fade me. I'm Austin Powers chronologically frozen. Props-wise, we've been pretty eh, 55% on the series. Spread-wise, hosed. One in three ATS. I just encourage you to sit on the narrative and watch the pregame, watch the players, see what kind of read-the-room thoughts come to you, make your assessments. That's all we can do. Michael Porter, Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray, Gabe Vincent, all 10-plus on points, assists, and boards, baby. It's a fun potluck. Potluck. Appreciate everybody joining me. We're out of here. Don't forget to hug your mothers, as always. And here's the thing. You can't cap desperation, baby. The whole world's on the nuglets. You don't want to go to baseball mode yet. You know you don't. So just root for Miami tonight. Just root for one more game. It is good business. We'll see you next time. The Volume.